0: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today at Word of Life. We know summer is busy with traveling and all things fun, but we have good news for you. You can stay in church even while on vacation through our online campus. You can watch live on Sundays at ten and eleven thirty, and get fed throughout the week with inspiring articles, message series, and so much more at the LifeOnline.cc. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the message. Uh, today we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We began a series last week entitled "The Bird, the Blaze, and the Breeze." Uh, we're also going to take communion today, and this morning I want to talk about the blaze. And to do that, I want to tell you the three baptisms that are found in the New Testament. So, for those of you uh, who are taking notes, you can begin that <laughs> with like your heading. There are three baptisms found in the New Testament, and the first one is this: uh, the Holy. Spirit baptizes you into Christ. Now, if you brought your Bibles with you today, uh, let's open up to John chapter 15, and we're going to look at verse number 26. Uh, Here you'll see this baptism, John 15 and 26. There are three baptisms. The first one is the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. In John 15 and verse 26, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit here, And he says, when the helper comes who I will send to you from the father, that is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify about me. Uh, now notice Jesus is saying that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will testify about Jesus. Now, this is something very interesting for those of you who' like really enjoy studying Scripture in the New Testament, you will see the humility of the Godhead, uh, so the Father will look at the Son and say, "This is my beloved son, and who I am well pleased." Jesus will tell his disciples, "Be of good peace i 'm sending you the spirit of truth, another comforter, the helper, the Holy Spirit who will be with you forever, and the Holy Spirit is talking about Jesus. Uh, You see, humility always gives the light to someone else. How many of you think we could use a little humility in our world? Um, And all these types of things. But we we have humility reflected to us from the Godhead. And he says, the Holy Spirit, his chief job, is going to show you your need for Jesus. Jesus. Uh, so regardless of who you are here today, if you're saved at any of our campuses or maybe you're here today and you're not a believer in Jesus, I can promise you this, uh, the Holy Spirit has been active in your life even if you don't know it. And that little thing that brought you here today or made you watch this today uh, or pricked your heart uh, to come, that is the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention and what he's trying to wake you up to is your need for Jesus When the Holy Spirit comes, he testifies about Jesus, which is why if you want to feel the Holy Spirit's power in a room, just start singing about Jesus because the Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus. Uh, now, uh, for all of us, this happened in roundabout ways. If you are a believer, for some of you, it happened in church. In fact, for many of you, my father was this way. He was sitting in church, and, and the, the Holy Spirit just pricked his heart. He was a drug addict at a crusade, and the Holy Spirit pricked his heart. He came running down to the altar and gave his life to Jesus. This is the first baptism. It's a spiritual baptism into Christ. Maybe for you, it came because your mother drug you to church, <laughs> and, and sitting in church service, it's like, you just felt like I need to give my life to Christ or, or maybe you're you're 35 and it came to a place of like I need to get serious about life And you came to church and you lifted your hand and the holy spirit prompted you to give your life to Christ That is the working of the holy spirit and it's actually a baptism And so the, the bible teaches us this in the book of first corinthians chapter 12 They'll put it up on the screens uh, for even as the body is one body and has yet many members, here he's talking about your physical body, uh, that your physical body is one body, but in this body it has many members. You have an eye, you have a nose, you have a mouth, you have fingers. He says, for even as your body is one body, but that body has many members, and all the members of the same body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. Uh, and watch this, how he builds this out in verse number 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Now notice this terminology, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. The body that it's talking about here is the body of Jesus, and he says it's the spirit who took you into that body. Uh, and so if you're, you're born again today, meaning you, you've asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, uh, you were baptized by the Spirit into Christ Jesus. And now you're part of the family of God. You're part of the body of Christ. Now, when I was thinking about my own life, when I experienced this baptism, I couldn't remember like the first moment, like even in prayer, I like came to, to God and I'm like, Holy Spirit, could you like show me like the first time I made Jesus my Lord and Savior? But I grew up in church, so I got saved by the puppets a lot. Any of you remember puppets? So, like, uh, like <laughs> You know, the puppet ministry and like all those things in children's church. It's like, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, raise your hand. Of course, who wouldn't? Uh, And so like your hand goes up and you pray the prayer and you know all those kinds of things. So I I grew up in a Christian home as a son of pastors, grew up in church, all those types of things. But in my teenage years, between 14 and 17, I began to drift and not like crazy, crazy, but as a pastor's kid, decently crazy. (laughs) And got over into some things. That I shouldn't have got involved in, um, and honestly, when I was facing those things and making those decisions, it was all like, I have to, I have to go to church, I, I have to read my Bible, I have to worship. You know, I'd be sitting on the front row, and your parents would be like, "Hey, lift your hands, like get involved, like that type of thing." It's like, fine, uh, you know, and you go through all these have tos. Uh, but you know, when you're when you're raising children, and even when you're raising yourself. <laughs> (laughs) You have to be very mindful of this, and that is to think like a farmer and not like a hunter. Um, Oftentimes with our kids, we want one conversation to fix everything, one service to fix everything, one summer camp to fix everything. And even even with ourselves, it's like one month will fix everything. I'm not going to eat anything this month. I'm going to the gym every day, and it'll fix everything. And we try to think like hunters, take that one shot, it's done. The kingdom of God is not like a hunter. The kingdom of God is like a farmer. And a farmer sows seeds, and it steadily waters those seeds, and it waits for God to give the increase. And so my whole life, my parents were sowing seeds in me. If you're here at any of our campuses right now, seeds are going into you. In worship, seeds were being sown. Uh, In this message, seeds are being sown. Um, Anytime you're around the people of the kingdom of God, the things of the kingdom of God, uh, seeds are being sown. But sometimes, you and I both know this, our hearts are just not open to it. It's like, I'm not interested in it. And so the seed falls on hard soil, and nothing takes root, nothing gets in us. Uh, we've got our hard shell, it's like nothing will penetrate this, and that's for all those other people, uh, but not for me. And like that hard, and so the seed is sown, but it falls upon stony ground. But then there are other times in life where even through that hard shell, we're a little broken. And something in life has happened that's kind of broken us enough where the ground of our heart is now open a little bit, and now that seed gets in there. And not overnight, uh, but over the process of time, that seed will produce fruit. And so I'm going through all this through 14 and 17, but in the middle of all this, I'm going to summer camps, you know, I'm sitting in church, I know all the musts, like all that kind of thing. And at 17 years old, I'm laying on my bed, I can't sleep. And I sense the Holy Spirit, not like in a spooky way, but just like I know he's there and he starts dealing with my heart about my need to surrender to Jesus. And I'm I'm sitting there and it's not like, you know, uh, flashing lights or like this um, overly spiritual moment. It was like this logical thought of like, I need to surrender to Jesus. And so I got down on my bed, 17 years old, and I just knelt down by my bedside and I said, dear Lord Jesus, take my life. I offer it to you as a living sacrifice, and I give it to you. And I kid you not, I don't think I was born again in that moment, but it felt like it. It felt like I was baptized into Christ. And somebody says, what do you mean by that? Like, literally, all of my have-tos turned into want-tos. Like, in that moment, there was such a heart change where it's not like, I have to read my Bible. It's like, I want to read my Bible. I have to go to church. It's like, I want to go to church. Um, you know, you don't need to be around that. It's like, I don't want to be around that. <laughs> and so I, I, got a job at Bob's on County line. Uh, and it was a, a church member who owned it. So I called him. I'm like, can I have a job? And he said, yes. I said, I want to work Friday and Saturday nights. And cause I didn't want to be doing all the other things I was doing on Friday and Saturday nights. I said, I want to close it down. And somebody says, why did you do that? There wasn't any consequence. I didn't get in trouble. My parents didn't make me, my heart changed. Uh, He'll take out of your heart a heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. Like, this is symbolic of, of being baptized into Christ. Like, literally, it changed me from the inside out. It changed my life. How many of you know what I'm talking about today? Like, has anybody else at any of our other campuses, Jesus has changed your life? And it doesn't mean that you're perfect from, from 17 all the way to 39 now. Uh, I'm not 39 yet, August 13th. Uh, but out of that, uh, all the way from there to there, like I genuinely have a want to surrender. And there are areas of my life and times in life that I know are not fully surrendered, but I want them to be. And it's not like if I don't, punishment is going to come. Uh, it's like, I, I wanna honor you in this. I wanna bring this to you, Lord Jesus. I wanna surrender this to your life. Why? Because I've been baptized into Christ. And this is what I want for all of us at at church. And I've even charged our campus pastors, like, we got to do this better. It's the truth. We're not good at this. And I readily admit it. I want to do it better. I'm like, we got to change our our altar calls. Like, the, the cute hand with the golf clap, like, that's great. Uh, but like, we've gotta, we've gotta have something that, that literally brings people to this moment of, it's not like I'm just praying a prayer. It's conversion. It's like, my want-tos are changing. My have-tos are turning into want-tos by the power of the living God. Something is different in me. And it's because I've been baptized into Christ. This is the first baptism mentioned in Scripture. The bapti the baptism into Christ from the Holy Spirit, it gives you new life. Uh, When you get baptized into Christ, it's a spiritual baptism. Nothing happens on the outside. It's just something happening on the inside. And and it gives you new life on the inside. Your spirit is now alive to God. Uh, And it's a beautiful thing. The second baptism mentioned in Scripture is this. A disciple of Jesus baptizes you into water. Now, many of you are familiar with this, water baptism. Uh, And this is where a follower of Jesus uh, has met you Uh, or maybe helped you kind of flesh out your faith and they're like why don't you come you know get baptized Uh, and this is a moment where you go public with your faith now this is talked about in the book of Matthew they'll put that up on the screens Matthew 28 and verse 19 go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit this is a water baptism. So we see this play out all throughout scripture. Jesus was water baptized, the disciples were water baptized, all these types of things. But there's a moment in Acts chapter 8 where there's this great revival. There's this guy who's like this fiery preacher by the name of Philip and God's doing all these miracles in his life and ministry. And one day he just gets plugged over into the spirit of God and the spirit of God begins to, to teach him. And begins to tell him, like, okay, the path you're on is not the path you need to be on. You actually need to be going this way. And this is one of the things we're going to be talking about next week in the the message title called The Breeze. Is we're going to talk about how God guides you. Uh, Because the Holy Spirit will show you God's path for your life. There are many plans in the man's heart, but God's got a path for your life. And we want your plan to match his path. And the only one who can help you with that is the Holy Spirit. I'll preach it next week. Uh, but, But here we see Philip, he's locked into God. God's showing him the path is changing. And he's like, go over here. And he's like, there's nothing there. And he starts going in this direction, and there's this eunuch from Ethiopia who is like head up and high in the nation. It'd be like the Secretary of State for the United States of America. Uh, and he's high up in the, the nation of Ethiopia. And he's literally reading by a river, uh, the, the prophet Isaiah. And reading the passages of scripture of, and he was like a, a lamb uh, that was offered. And he opened not his mouth. And it's all talking about Jesus. And when uh, Philip sees him, the Holy Spirit says, that's why I sent you. And he goes down there to him and he sees him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he's like, do you understand these scriptures? And he's like... I don't. Is he talking about himself or someone else? And so with all that in mind, let's look at this in Acts. Acts 8 and 35, then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus unto him. I love this. Just the simple fact of Jesus saves and he didn't, oh, I could preach it. He didn't open his mouth so you could open your mouth. He didn't ask for salvation so you could ask for salvation. He didn't call on God on that moment on the cross so that you could call on God in the moment of your pain. And so he just preaches Jesus to him out of what he was reading in the the book of Isaiah. Uh, And as they went along the road, they came to the water and the eunuch said unto him, look, I love this. Because you know, Philip is telling him about the baptisms and he's like, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And watch what Philip says here in verse 37. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There he's immersed into Christ's body uh, and into the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit. Do you see the Holy Spirit is like leading all these things? The Holy Spirit is leading Philip to go talk to him. He's leading the eunuch without the eunuch even knowing it to read out of Isaiah at the exact moment uh, that Philip is walking up. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus. His job is to get you to Jesus. And so he's here. This has all been ordained. The Holy Spirit has now baptized him over into Christ, and watch what happens next. Uh, And um, he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him right there in the water. Uh, The baptism into water is a physical baptism, and it's designed by God to give you a new attitude. Uh, The spiritual baptism into Jesus gives you new life. The water baptism gives you a new attitude. And here's what you're saying with this attitude. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't want just like a light that is lit, but is now hidden under a bushel. Uh, I want to go public with my faith. And so this is not just going to be something inside of me, a spiritual baptism. I want a physical baptism that people can see, uh, that they know I belong to God and I am not ashamed of God. Uh, this seals something in the heart of a believer. And if you have been water baptized, but this was not your intent, it is perfectly okay to do it again. Uh, but I promise you there is something bold uh, through this action that seals Christianity in your heart. It is, I belong to God, and I don't not only not care that anyone knows, I want to tell everyone I know that Jesus Christ has saved my life. Like, he literally changed me. My my All my have-tos became want-tos. Like, I've been bought with a price. And I'm going public with this. Now, this baptism took me a long time to get into. Like, at least, you know, a year and a half. Like, I'm there. I'm rededicated. My, my have-tos are becoming want-tos. I fully surrendered to Jesus, at least wanting to be surrendered. Uh, but I didn't want to tell people. Like, my my buddies were asking me, like, why aren't you coming over here? And it's like, oh, I got to work. Like, bops, got to shut it down. You understand. Uh, And I didn't want to tell them. It's because I love Jesus, and I don't want to do those things anymore. And honestly, I have very few regrets in life. I regret not doing that. I wish I would have been bolder in sharing my faith. And I, I went up to Bible school. My father passed away. And I went up to Bible school. And I just fully, just like even surrender my life more to Christ. And I saw the need to go public. And so I started going street witnessing. And I started like telling everybody like, Jesus changed my life. Like my life has not been perfect. My father passed away, but I'm not grieving over that. Like I'm not broken over that. I'm not angry over that because Jesus changed my life and he can change yours and like going public with my faith I believe it helped some people. We saw people healed. We saw people come to Jesus. Like, I believe it helped people. But me going public with my faith, it didn't just help people. It helped me. It sealed something in me. It was a baptism that gave me a new attitude when you go public with your faith. And that's what water baptism is supposed to be. Is you bring your mama, you bring your daddy, you bring your friends, you bring everybody you know. You bring your enemies, you bring everybody. And you let them know, watch this, the old me you knew has been washed away because of Jesus and a new me is coming out of this water. It's a beautiful thing. That's a baptism into water and it's a physical sign of this inward work that's designed by God to give you a new attitude. But there is a third baptism mentioned in scripture uh, and I want to show this one to you. It's Jesus baptizing you into the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, uh, we're here um, in the book of John. Let's go over to the book of Matthew. Right next door, Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 11. Matthew 3 and verse 11. Then right after that, we're going to go over the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. Uh, Here we see a moment uh, where John is telling of the future, Uh, John the Baptist. uh, He's out baptizing people in water, which is his baptism of repentance. And we see here in Acts 3 and verse 11, he he says something. And he says, as for me, I baptize you with water, this is John the Baptist talking, for repentance. But he who is coming after me, talking about Jesus, is mightier than I am, and I am not fit to remove his sandals, for he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, hence the bird, we talked about him last week. And the blaze, the Holy Spirit and with fire. So John says, yes, there is a water baptism, but there is coming Jesus. And when you receive Jesus, he is coming to baptize you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire. And we looked at that last week, that there was separate experiences that people were getting saved and then filled with God's Spirit. Uh, that there was an experience for the Son of God that was different for the the, the, the world, uh, that Jesus is God's gift to the world, but the Holy Spirit is God's gift to his kids. And Jesus says that when you receive the Holy Spirit, it will be a baptism by fire. Now, we see this played out in the book of Acts, so let's turn over there in Acts chapter 1 uh, and verse number 4. And I just want to show you a lot of Scripture on this so that you can see uh, it is biblical. And then after that, You can do whatever you want to with it, Uh, but one thing you won't be able to do is leave here not seeing God's word. Uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4. So Jesus is gathering his disciples together, and notice what he says to them. He commanded them to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard of me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So see, there's a separate baptism baptism with water and then a baptism into the Holy Spirit and so they were asking him they were in saying Lord is it now that you will restore the kingdom of Israel and he said it is not for you to know the times which the father has fixed by his own authority but you will receive power When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria, even to the remotest parts of the earth. And so he's telling these these children of God, these sons and daughters of God, there's another baptism. It's a baptism into the Holy Spirit, and it's a, a baptism that will give you power. It's a baptism of fire. The water gives you cleansing. You become new. Uh, uh, of of the spiritual baptism into christ the baptism in the spirit gives you fire to live out what you became um and so we see jesus saying like look i'm commanding you i'm commanding you do not leave this room until you have received this baptism Uh, because you need a baptism by fire, a baptism in the Holy Ghost. And then you see this play out in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, right next door. I don't know if I have this in the screen. I forgot to send it to him because I sent him like literally 50 verses. I'm like, forgive me. Uh, (laughs) So, because they have to insert them all. But in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1, it said, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I've been meditating a lot on that and just praying that because here we see God can also fill a space that he wants to fill people, but he still doesn't mind filling spaces. He filled the whole room. And I want rooms where God just fills, Dooling Hall, Highland Colony, here at Lakeland where God just fills the whole room. Watching online right there in your living room, God just filling the whole room. And here we see God comes and fills the whole room, and there appeared unto them tongues as of fire, a baptism of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested upon each one of them. Somebody says, well, this was just for the disciples, and they rested upon each one of them, and they were all, not just the disciples, all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Verse 14. Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and to give heed to my words, for these men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken through my favorite prophet. The prophet Joel. I'm kidding. And it shall be in those last days. Watch this. It shall be in those last days God says that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind. What does all mean? All. And he says in case you doubt what all means, he says let me break it down for you. And this is the spirit of God, your sons and daughters. Not not just sons and daughters, your sons and daughters. Your sons And your daughters. Well, I thought this was just like this passed away with the last disciple. Your sons and daughters, all mankind, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men, he's like, and this is not just for like both genders, this is also for old and young and for everyone in between, uh, that uh, this is for everybody. He keeps going here and he says, and you're you're uh, you're on my bond slaves and on my men and my women. And I will in those days pour out my spirit upon all flesh and they will prophesy. This is a baptism of fire for each one of us. And what God's doing here is Jesus, the third baptism, is Jesus baptizing us into the Holy Spirit and fire? And what this is designed to do is to give us power in life. Um, this happened for me. I, I, as long as I can remember, too, I was you know around a spirit-filled life and spirit-filled parents. And so for many, it was, you know, strange. And even when I was talking to some of my friends, they're like, I don't get that. For me, it was like, it's all I have ever known. My, my grandparents, my uncles, my environments were just kind of set up that way. Uh, but when my father passed away, I really saw the benefit of this power because I was broken. And I don't know if any of you have ever been broken, but I was like broken, broken. Angry, upset. For men, oftentimes, anger is sorrow. It's like, they're so angry. No, they're really sad. But in our culture, and that's breaking, we don't make it safe for men to be sad, but it's, it's okay for them to be angry, which we need to change that. Um, and so it's like anger oftentimes for men will mask sorrow. And I was very angry and very sorrowful because of all these things that happened. And God began to fix me. And God began to rebuild me. And he did it through this baptism, a fire. I was in a coffee shop one night. I worked at a coffee shop at the Bible school I went to. And one night, just God's Spirit filled the whole coffee shop. And everyone there was immediately filled with God's Spirit. I've never seen anything like it in any service. I've heard other people preach about it. This is the only time in my life it's ever happened. And it was in this coffee shop and God just became real to all of us. And it started this prayer movement where we were just praying all the time in the spirit with our understanding as well, singing in the spirit, singing with our understanding. It was beautiful. It was not wild. It was not something that you wouldn't want to be a part of or your kids to be in. It was everything you would ever want uh, from the Lord and everything you would ever want uh, from um, the Father. And it began to give me power and it began to give me strength in such a way that God was moving me past my hurts and my pains and moving me towards a miraculous life which all of you see today. Um, Not like in buildings that you're in or things that you see, uh, but I am free by the Spirit of God. Uh, My family is free by God's Spirit. I'm free from sorrow and hurt. I have peace that's beyond me, joy beyond me. And this is what being filled with God's Spirit does, is it gives you power to look at life through the lens of God. Um, In the Old Testament, you would see types and shadows of God's Spirit coming upon people where they would anoint kings with oil. When they anointed King Saul with oil, he changed into another man. And people looked at him and said, who is that? When they anointed David with oil, his own brothers are like, who do you think you are? And when he sees Goliath with this anointing on his life, He doesn't see like this obstacle or something he should be afraid of. He sees it as something that is standing in the way of God. He sees it through a lens of God because of the anointing that is on him. Jesus uh, waited to do any miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon him. When the Holy Spirit came upon him, he was endued with power. And he goes out there and he begins to see life through this lens of God. And it's powerful. And his words were filled with power. And his hands were filled with power. And all of these things began to happen in and around him because the Holy Spirit was upon him. And he was asking his disciples, and he's asking you, why won't you have this power come upon you? Why won't you put yourself in a position where you will see this power? Even some of you who have been spirit-filled, like, how can you more take your life to that place and have an Ephesians 5 moment where, where you're filled with God's spirit? And somebody says, well, I am. I got filled like 20 years ago. But the connotation in Ephesians 5 is don't be drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with God's spirit. And when you you think of like being drunk with wine, uh, you don't drink wine, get drunk, and stay drunk forever. You constantly have to drink if you constantly want to stay drunk. And when you're drunk, that alcohol is in control of you. You act different. You behave different. It changes the way you act. And God says, "You want to know what the Holy Spirit is like? He's like that, but in a blessed way. When you drink of God's Spirit, He begins to control you. And the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, and peace." self-control, power, gentleness, meekness, like all of these kinds of things, they become fruit of God's spirit. Instead of forced by you, it's the spirit breaking forth out of you because you are filled with him. And so for those of you who are filled with the spirit, are you drinking of the spirit? Are you singing in the spirit? Are you praying in the spirit? Are you having some of these moments where you come together? I love it in Acts 4, they come in a meeting like this and they're facing persecution and tests and trials, but the Bible says they lifted up their voices together and they were all filled with God's spirit. These were God's people who were filled with the spirit in Acts 2 and you see them in Acts 4 getting filled all over again because sometimes life will drain you a little bit and you need to refill, but this is the power of church is we come in environments like this where we can worship and we can get before God and we can begin to praise Him and get filled with the Spirit again. And when you leave here, you see your kids different. You see your problems different. You see opportunities different. Why? Because you're filled with the Holy Spirit and power. It's a baptism of fire. And so today at all of our campuses, we want to end with worship and communion. And when you're taking communion, you have the wafer and you have the juice, and I want to ask you, what baptism uh, are you in? Maybe you're here today and you need to surrender your life to Jesus where, like, you've done the golf clap thing or saved by the puppet ministry, but it's like, I, I really want conversion. I want new life. And you come to this place with this first baptism where you say, Lord Jesus, I receive your broken body and I, I drink of your juice. Uh, or maybe you're at this second level where you know it's like, you know what? Like I've received Jesus, but I haven't been public with my faith. And because of that, like I've got coworkers that don't know about Jesus because I'm not talking about Jesus with them and telling my story. And somebody says, well, what do I even tell a coworker? Just tell them what Jesus did for you. You don't have to debate Jonah in the well. Just tell them what Jesus has done for you. It's real difficult to tell a person who's swimming there's no water in the pool. That's right. <laughs> so out of that, don't try to bait theology. Just say what Jesus has done for you and go public with your faith and maybe it's like you know what i need to go public with my faith next water baptism i'm doing it i'm going public with my faith you're not at work and my family i'm going to pray more for people and when when people are complaining it's like can i pray for you when people are hurting can i pray for you and and maybe in this moment with communion you take the elements and you say lord jesus just as you broke your body i break mine now I'm ready to move on, and I'm ready to offer my life as a living sacrifice. And then you drink the juice for the forgiveness of the past, and you break the wafer in remembrance of what you're going to do in your future. Or maybe you're here today, and you say, I want to be filled with God's Spirit, like you're on that third baptism. And you say, Father, I thank you that I just want to break my body for you, and I want you to flow through my mouth, and I want you to flow through my mind, I want you to flow through my life. Like, I want to yield my, my body to you, Father, and I thank you that just like I'm, I'm drinking this juice, I am filled with new wine, and I'm filled with your spirit all over again. Amen? So I'm going to pray for you today at all of our campuses, and after prayer, take communion at any time during worship. Father, we come before you today, and we just thank you, Lord, for the gift of Jesus and the power of his resurrection. And Father, we thank you uh, that for so many, in fact, right now, at all of our campuses today, if you're at that first baptism, before we take communion, heads bowed, eyes closed, you're there and you say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus afresh and anew today. Right now, at all of our campuses, just lift up your hand, All, all over the place, just surrender to Jesus, hands going up in Jesus' name, all over the place, just new surrender, true conversion, New life. Now everybody, just say this prayer with me. You can repeat it after me at all of our campuses. Just say this with me, Say, "Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. My life has been bought with a price. Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Jesus. You have saved me. Father, you have loved me. And Spirit, today I ask you to fill me. Heavenly Father, give me your Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with fresh wine. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to speak for you, I want to minister for you, I want to live for you. And I thank you, Father. I do that today. Thank you for your body that was broken for me, your blood that was shed for me, and through its power, let me live for you. As I take communion, I do it in remembrance of you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.